0: Yeah, real, real good today. Uh, a lot of competing. Uh, we trying to, we trying to get right. Uh, we competing against each other. Everything looked good today. Um, offense won a couple periods. Defense won a couple periods. So, uh, like I said, we competing. Uh, we talking jump. Uh, trying to get the best out of each other.
1: That was Keenan Allen after a very spirited day four of Chargers camp. Hey everybody, Chris Hayre with you on the Chargers Training Camp podcast. A highly competitive practice this morning out in Costa Mesa today. I'm joined by Ricky Henny of Chargers.com to break it all down. But first, I sat down with ESPN's Eric Williams to get his early takeaways from training camp. All right, here with ESPN's Eric Williams on the Chargers Training Camp podcast. Chargers fans know to follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore Williams. Eric, things are pretty
0: spirited here on day four. Yeah, sorry about the Twitter handle. I try to make it as complicated as possible. Some underscores, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think today's practice was a little better than yesterday. I thought yesterday's practice was kind of blah. Um, and I talked to a couple of players about that. I think just kind of being in pads for the first time and not understanding uh, what the tempo is going to be. The guys are still kind of getting a feel for what it's going to be like, particularly with a new training staff or new, excuse me, new coaching staff. Yes. Uh, today was different. You could tell that the coaches were like, hey, we need to pick this up. And I thought um, guys like Trey Boston that are a little more vocal – were, we're helping to kind of bring that energy. And I thought the energy level was better today than it was on Tuesday.
1: There was there was some chirping
0: going on lot with of the offensive, defense,
1: Phillip, and going back with you the need with that. secondary. You do need that.
0: You need that competition. I th- it I was think, healthy. Oh, yeah, it's healthy, and it gives them juice. You know, football is very monotonous. You're doing the same thing day in and day out. And so you really need, you need 10 or 15 guys like that. So if one guy's not bringing it, The other guy's bringing it, and that helps kind of elevate that competition level, as you talked about.
1: What caught your eyes today?
0: Keenan Allen looks smooth as ever. Uh, Travis Benjamin's having a heck of a camp as well. You you stole the name. I mean, Travis is the guy that really jumps out. Um, I don't think people really got to see the, the Travis Benjamin that you saw with the Cleveland Browns last year. And part of that is because he had a PCL knee injury the second half. of of last season and and some games he really was just a decoy out there because he really couldn't run like he he normally can run. Um, But now he looks fully healthy and you're really seeing that explosiveness and I think that's going to help this offense because um, if you're paying attention to Keenan and Hunter Henry, which you have to do because those guys will kill you if you don't focus your attention on them, um, Travis is going to have a better matchup. And, and if you have a slow guy against him, I mean, good luck, because that guy can get out. And if he gets a couple of steps on you, I mean, he's gone. Um, and you really see that the last couple of days. So I think Travis is certainly one guy that stood out. The other guy is, is Trevor Williams, who plays cornerback. Uh, played a little bit the second half of last season for them, was an undrafted rookie out of Penn State. Um, he's been running with the starters now uh, in place of Craig Mager with Jason Verrett still kind of nursing the knee injury. And, and I just really like the, his, the way he competes. Um, he's a tough guy, tough-minded guy, uh, and he gives them some, ver- some versatility because he can play on the perimeter, and he can also move inside and play slot when they go five defensive backs. So those two name- names are, are, are two guys that I've, I've paid attention to. I saw
1: Anthony Lynn pretty hands-on with some position groups today, including the running backs. Yeah, You can tell that
0: the running game is going to be a big staple here. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of his specialty, right? That's yes. kind of what he's known for. Um, And you can tell that he's really specific and detailed when he goes over there and works the running backs, whether it's um, uh, how to line a guy up in a specific type running play or or pass blocking or footwork. Um, He's always giving them really specific directions, and he'll pull a guy on the side. Like today I was over there watching, and he was working with Derek uh, Watt on pad level in terms of pass protection and hand placement. Um, And I think it really helps to have somebody that played the position um, in the league. Of course, you know won a Super Bowl, understands what it takes to play at a high level. Obviously, it worked. You know, Buffalo, they led the league in rushing last year. So I think he knows what's effective. And if you partner that with what Ken Wisenhut and Phillip Rivers can do in the running game, I think it's a pretty good marriage. And I think you should have better balance. I think they're really going to take advantage even more of, of Melvin Gordon's skill set and what he can do.
1: That's the key, is, is balance. Because to your point, if, if Melvin Gordon has a huge year three, That means the passing game is humming as well with all these weapons. We know Mike Williams isn't even on the field yet, but the fact that Tyrell Williams looks good, it Mm -hmm. it can build off of that 2016 season. That passing game should be
0: humming as well. Oh, yeah, and particularly as you deal with a quarterback that's getting into their 30s, look what Denver was able to do with Peyton Manning towards the end of his career. Um, You know, Peyton obviously wasn't the same guy he was with the Colts, but he still has the same mind. So he still can get them into good plays in terms of running plays based on what he sees pre-snap. Mm-hmm. And and he can still keep defenses honest because he knows where to go with the football, so he still throws with great anticipation. So if you have a guy that's a, a workhorse running back, you know, for for Denver, it was it was CJ. Uh, for the Chargers, obviously it's Melvin. That has to be the focal point of the defense. Then Rivers can kind of play off of that. And, oh, sure. And then you're going to get chunks and pass, play action passing game. Um, so I think – if, if Melvin becomes the focal point and Rivers is kind of the guy that plays off of it, um, I think that's a pretty potent offense for the Chargers.
1: I'm also looking at the depth behind Melvin. It yep. looks like
0: Brandon Oliver yeah. is having a good camp to start. Yeah, yeah. B.O.'s the real deal. Yeah, um, You know, he was an undrafted rookie a couple years, just can't stay on the field. Um, he had the Achilles last year. The year before that, he has a foot injury, so he hadn't been able to finish out. But when he's been on the field, he's effective. He led this team in rushing a couple years ago as a rookie when they had injuries when Woodhead went down. Uh, and I think Ryan Matthews was injured that year. Um, so he's able to tote the rock. And even at a size of 5'8 and maybe 210 pounds, he's still a guy that can run tough in between the tackles. And I think if you watch pass pro, he's really good as a pass protector, which important. is why he can be out there on third down, red zone. Um, So hopefully he can stay healthy, and I think he's a nice complement for for what Melvin does.
1: You obviously have great familiarity with Gus Bradley and your time covering the Seahawks. It's only one week in, but uh, I've asked a lot of people, it seems like his imprint is is being made on this
0: defense. I think with Gus, you know you're going to get a couple things. You know you're going to get passion, and you know you're going to get a guy that can motivate players on a daily basis and I think that's important a lot of people think motivation is you give a raw rah speech and get the guys pumped up before a game but in the NFL really it's motivating players on a daily basis to play at a high level and then that's gonna translate on game days because when you get to the games it's much easier so not only that motivation but then holding guys accountable um, I talked to Joey Bosa a little bit uh, after practice a couple days ago about, you know, kind of the difference between, you know, last year's regime and, and this year's regime. And it's no disrespect for John Pagano, who's a great X's and an O's guy and, and a good defensive coordinator in his own right. Mm-hmm. But Gus is different because of the um, accountability piece. He's going to show those lows on film, and so you're going to see it, and he's going to call you out, and you don't yeah. care who you are. He did not uh-huh. care if you're Joey Bosa or, or Dwight Lowry or Brandon Meebane. He's going to let you know. So if players know that and understand everybody's being treated the same, then you have to give that effort, and from, from the top guy to the, the guy at the end of the roster. Um, so you're going to get that with Gus, um, he's, he's, he's unique, I, I, I haven't been around too many guys like Gus, um, and I think that was a great get uh, that Anthony was able to, to bring him here. And, you know, obviously with didn't work out with the Jags. He now comes here, can be a D.C., and maybe he gets another bite at the apple if they're able to have some success.
1: We talk so much about Bosa and Ingram and obviously these corners and, and Hayward and Verrett. Uh, who are a few players on this defense that you think can
0: really thrive in Gus's system? Um, I think one player that we haven't talked about a lot is Jerry Itoushi. Um In that scheme, the Leo defensive end is kind of a – a pass rushing specialist Mm -hmm. and Gus always likes really explosive athletes at that position obviously Melvin Ingram is an explosive athlete that's why they signed him to the money that they signed him and brought him back and it was important to have Ingram with Bosa but a guy like Jerry can really thrive uh, as a guy that's just getting up field and and getting after the quarterback and I and I think um, what what Gus does well is he doesn't worry about what you can't do he's figured out what you can do and puts those guys in places that they can be successful based on uh, their talent and skill set. So I think Jerry is certainly a guy that can do that. I think Corey Toomer, because he's familiar with the Seahawks scheme, because he originally was drafted by the Seahawks, Gus knows him well, is another guy because of his speed and his athleticism. You might see him in passing situations out in the field when they go five defensive backs as a linebacker that can cover in space and also can rush the passer. So those are kind of two guys that I, I point to. Another guy is the rookie undrafted guy they got out of BYU. Uh, I think it's Michael Davis. Mm-hmm. Long, 6'2", 200 pounds. I think he ran a 4-440 at his pro day kind of a Richard Sherman clone I mean that's that's high praise we you know obviously we need to see it yeah. on the field Legion of Boom-esque <laughs> <laughs> yes yes definitely when you look at the length his ability to press and his ability to run which is important as a press guy to you, be able to have that catch-up speed uh, to knock those passes down and that's kind of one of the key things with that Seattle cover three is they like those long lanky guys that can kind of shorten those windows and knock balls down and then obviously you need an racer in the back end you know they need an Earl Thomas you know, Dwight Lowry and Trey Boston for now would be filling that that role for him. A lot of guys that we've mentioned here, just in the last ten minutes, the injury bug
1: has gotten to them. When yep. we talk about Benjamin and Allen and yep. uh, Brandon Oliver, I mean the list goes on and on. This team was really snake bitten by injuries yep. in 2016. If
0: you can largely be healthy. This team has a real shot in the AFC West. Yeah, I think this is the fifth year now for general manager Tom Telesco. I think this is the most talented roster he's had since he's been with the Chargers and kind of building it, uh, you know, from the time he's been here. Uh, but you're right, they have to stay healthy. Um, I think they finished with 26 players on injured reserve last year. That was the second most in the NFL. A lot of those guys were impact players. You mentioned Keenan Allen. Jason Verrett was another guy, a Pro Bowl caliber player that wasn't able to finish out the season. Brandon Oliver, Danny Woodhead, who signed in free agency with the Ravens. Uh, a bunch of guys that you were counting on to be impact players on game day that were not available. If you can have those guys healthy and for the duration of the season, um, I think this team is, can compete for a playoff spot. I think I picked them to go nine and seven this year because I think that's where they're at in terms of the talent level. They have a franchise quarterback, obviously, in Phillip Rivers. But you got to keep the guys on the field. You know, Mike Williams already—we're not going to see him for training camp because of the back issue. Mm-hmm. You have Forrest Lamp go down today with a knee injury, and you hope that it's not serious. But you know, that's your first two picks in the draft, right sure. there. Um, so you got to figure out a way to um, to practice at a high intensity level, but still come through healthy.
1: Eric Williams, can't thank you enough for your time today. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore Williams.
0: <laughs> nice job. Check it out. Thanks so much. Sure.
1: Thanks Bye. for having me. All right. Day four is in the books. Please be joined by Ricky Henney of Chargers.com. Ricky, what's up, buddy? How you doing, Matt? I can't believe it's day four already. It's gone so fast. It's unbelievable. It's I think at this point of camp, Days almost kind of run together, right? We're in the second day of pads, yeah. yeah.
2: And funny because Coach was just like, "All right, this is the hump day. You guys reached it to the players. This is what we told them today. You reached the hump day from here on out. This is the grind, and this is when you build that camaraderie, that toughness, and that team." Yeah, yesterday was the first day in pads,
1: and I think Gus Bradley mentioned he wanted the intensity raised a little. Oh, you bit. You saw that today, and you saw it in day
2: four, right? I mean, my favorite part was Philip Rivers was Philip Rivers today. Let's just say that he was ch- he was you know getting chirpy out there, and he was poking a. Uh, Towards uh, Casey Hayward quite a little bit, say, "Hey, speed kills out there, Casey. Yeah. Speed kills. You saw that. You know, we wore you guys out in one-on-ones, but it's a good-natured banter because you know the defense had their moments. Trevon Reed had two picks today. Uh, the good thing, look, this is what you want to see in camp. If the defense is good one day, you want to see the offense come back and, and do better the next day, and that's what it's been like. And yesterday, these cornerbacks had a very strong day. Today." it's safe to save the wideouts in the, the passing game won the day. Keenan Allen has
1: been in midseason form, it seems like, all training camp. And then another guy who's turned heads is Travis Benjamin. 100%. You wrote, you wrote about him on Chargers.com yesterday, and today more of the same, a 70-yard
2: bomb from Phillip. He was catching everything in sight. And what I love with Travis is that, look, we know those 70-yard bombs are in his arsenal. He led, along with Tyrell Williams, the NFL for most catches in the league of 40 yards plus. He had six of them. And he was hurt last year. He was banged up dealing with nagging injuries. So when you see him out there and not just doing the deep bombs, he caught some intermediate passes, and then, boom, he was gone. And that's when Phillip yelled out, speed kills. And he's been able to stop on a dime. Travis, to me, has been one of the clear-cut standouts of Chargers camp.
1: Oh, there's absolutely no doubt. And it starts with the running game. We saw Anthony Lynn pay a lot of attention to the running backs today a lot of hands-on instruction it's his bread and butter it's his bread and butter and I think if they get this running game going listen from year one to year two in Melvin Gordon's career in the NFL uh, you saw a lot of a lot more men in the box last year mm-hmm. trying to stop Melvin with a healthy Keenan Allen Tyrell Williams Travis
2: Benjamin at 100 percent this offense man sky's the limit it absolutely is It was kinda I wrote about it yesterday when I was talking about the defense is for years everyone's been talking about the Chargers offense and that's to be expected with Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates, and then you add in Tyrell Williams, who had 1,000 yards you know, coming in last year, is an unknown. But I want to just talk about the defense right now because there are some stars, and they are starting to be known just as much as the offense. Joey Bosa is a legit superstar in this league. Yes. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah yesterday who said he believes he could really lead this league in sacks. Melvin Ingram. I mean, And then obviously in the back end with Casey Hayward and Jason Verrett, you need a well-balanced team. And I think this year's 2017 Chargers, and like I mentioned earlier, you're seeing one day one unit doing better than you know winning that day, and then the next day it's the other unit. It's not just the offense winning over and over and over again. So that's the balance you need to be good on all three phases, special teams included. It starts with the corners, with Verrett and Hayward. Then you get the guys up front with Ingram
1: and Bosa. But I think a lot of people are are kind of sleeping on the linebackers and, oh, yeah. and, and the depth. Some of the depth on this football team. I mean, we talk about Denzel Perryman. This guy's a thumper. He is. He is. I mean, when the pads come on, you can see him trying to hold back yesterday. He did as much as he could. But today, I saw him go strive for strive with Keenan down the field. I don't don't, don't, don't know if you saw that, but he he was keeping up with the the speedy Keenan. And trust me, me, knowing
2: knowing Denzel, he's going to let Keenan know about that all day until tomorrow. Uh, But, no, you're right. Denzel, look, it's kind of crazy because two years ago he was this young pup, and now he's the leader of this unit. But there's, I mean, this linebacking group, to me, this is where – I'm most curious about because there's a lot of unknown there. There's only three now. I mean, they used to be a 3-4. Now we're a 4-3. Although that, part of that's just semantics. Sure. But three guys who I've really loved watching, and I'm going to have a story on them soon, are these undrafted free agents because they are really showing out. James Anualu, Mike Moore, and Nigel Harris. They're fast. I mean, I don't know how they went undrafted. I, I, I'm excited for the fans to watch these three guys in the preseason games because every year it happens, and the Chargers have the Best track record of undrafted free agents. So you look, I mean, look at Antonio Gates, right? Yeah. And guys like Malcolm Floyd in the past, Chris Dealman, Jaleel Adai. I think these linebackers right now—they're the guys these fans are going to love watching.
1: Yeah, Tom Telesco has done a great job of not only drafting <laughs> but but getting guys after the draft as undrafted free oh, agents. Yeah. Ricky, get you out of here on this. What do you expect to see? Practice off tomorrow. What do you expect to see Friday before they get to
2: StubHub Center this weekend? Gonna be exciting. Hopefully a little fresher. I mean, look, they were out there doing doing well, but obviously a day off leads to some fresh legs, so hopefully that adds the enthusiasm level up a notch higher, and the fans are going to be excited to see what they, you know, I know a lot of fans talking to them out here today, they've been loving Chargers camp, all the stuff they have out here, and a lot of them said they're coming back Friday, and then of course, I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday already, I'll be honest, I mean, you're in StubHub for the first time against the Rams, I, I mean, come on, this is football, man, what's better than that?
1: You've been around this team all offseason mm-hmm. and, and mini camps. How excited are these guys to get to StubHub Center oh, and actually and that, that
2: feel that atmosphere? Because it's going to be something unlike anything we've seen in the NFL. It's true. Every single player that's been there, and I mean every single one without exception, was like, all right, I want a game day to come right now. Because the, every seat is really amazing. The crowd's going to be right on top of you in a way that the NFL has never seen. And that's, look. They go on the road, they see that. They know the impact that a home crowd advantage can have, and they really feel like StubHub can provide that. Now, like you're saying, this is going to be the first test of Chargers football in StubHub Center.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. He's Ricky Henney of Chargers.com. Follow his work. He does outstanding work. And, Ricky, we will see you on Friday, my man. Look forward to outstanding work by you
2: too, Chris. Hey, thank you, man.
1: All right, that's it for today's Chargers training camp podcast. A big thanks to Eric Williams and Ricky Henney for joining me. The team is off Thursday. They'll be back at it Friday at the Jack Hammett Sports Complex. Visit Chargers.com for all the details. You also want to hit the site for exclusive training camp content and coverage of LaDainian Tomlinson's induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Until next time, we'll see you soon.